This is the official HITS training and consulting podcast. We are America's law enforcement canine training resource. We're raising the training bar for police dogs everywhere by discussing the intricate details of the training techniques used by the experts. HITS radio is merging the training world with the real world. You've been there. We've been there, too. Welcome to HITS Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Meyer. Coming to you again today from uh, the Western States Police Canine Association Conference. I'm over here in Reno. Taking a few minutes, I'm talking to uh, Ken Pavlik. How's it going today, Ken? Fine, Jeff. How are you? Good. So Ken and I are both up here teaching at this uh, seminar. Uh, Still having a good time. We did uh, some practicals today again, and then there's some classroom stuff this afternoon. But I want to take a few minutes to do a quick show with uh, Ken. Uh, I'm going to let Ken talk about his background a little bit, but Ken is a dog vendor. He sells uh, dogs through Pacific Coast Canine. Um, Ken and I have been friends for quite a while. I've actually uh, bought dogs from Ken on a professional level. We're uh, associates that way, and then also we're friends. So um, I trust that uh, when I ask Ken to come on this uh, podcast so that we can share some information about the dog vending business and maybe take any mystery about it without it being obviously an infomercial. Uh, and, and I know Ken won't do that. So uh, let me just take a minute and uh, Ken, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Okay, well, uh, Jeff, I started playing with dogs back in 1982 in the United States Air Force. I was a patrol dog handler, explosive dog handler, narc dog handler, a trainer and a supervisor of all the above. Um, In 1986, I got out of the Air Force and I went to work for Riverside County Sheriff's Department based out of Indio, California, patrol deputy for two years. Then I got selected to be a dog handler and I worked to handle the dual purpose Malinois patrol narcotics dog for approximately six and a half years at that time i left and i went back to my home state of idaho to work for a sheriff's department there that had no canine program they asked me to start a canine program and i did so from 1994 to 2003 i uh, brought a program up from start to at 15 dogs and handlers working for me that i procured the dogs trained the dogs were they mostly dual purpose dogs I or a little everything? Five dual purpose and ten single purpose. Single purpose. Yeah. So at that point in time, most of my time and focus was spent on going doing single purpose detection dogs. Sure. Um, in two thousand and three I left full time law enforcement and moved to the state of Washington and started up a business and I was planning on doing patrol dogs. Sure. Floppy ear dogs, doing all the above at the was also teaching for at Utah Post. I was teaching with Brad Smith at Skids, the cats classes. Um but there wasn't really anybody specializing in single purpose detection dogs at that time. And I kind of took the focus there. Sure. So you never really planned on, you didn't think when you were a kid, when I grew up, I want to sell dogs for a living. No, I always thought it'd be kind of cool just to have your own kennel, but I never imagined it would end up where it is now. Sure. So one of the things we did uh, on Monday here in Reno at this seminar is Ron Cloward, who runs the seminar. He had several of us uh, go in and it was going to be a selection test. Uh, class, kind of a round table. No one had any PowerPoint, but it was just to talk about how each one of us who has had the opportunity to buy dogs for our department, what type of selection test we do. And I think uh, the handlers with a lot of the takeaway ended up being was kind of more about buying a dog as opposed to, you know, and, my, and when I talked, I know I said, uh, talk about selection test would be, I have a class on that and I've got, um, PowerPoint and I've got videos and pictures of what I'm looking for with the dog, but um, that class ended up being more kind of about the dog vending business and what the what what it entails when you as a, a handler is entrusted by your department to go out and buy a dog. 
So that's what I wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit about today is that basically uh, uh, some of the stuff we talked about. Uh, so if in a, in a broad perspective or something, just kind of run down what the dog vending business is all about and from the, from the vendor's perspective. Because I'll say one thing is that, you know, there are some people who are, say, you know, vendors are all out to screw you. Um, I don't believe that. I think there's certainly vendors who would screw you if you're not careful. But I think, in my opinion, and from working both as a, a handler who's been tasked with buying dogs for my department, working with them from vendors at HITS, working with them when I owned a publication as advertisers, the ones that are around a long time, I don't think uh, they can't screw everybody because they're not going to be around a long time. So I don't buy into that premise, but I do buy into, you know, that there's a business behind it and maybe people don't understand exactly the logistics to it. So can you just kind of go over the overview of it? Uh, yeah, hopefully I can address what you're talking about. But putting in a nutshell, I used to be the buyer of dogs. I dealt with vendors, and I, there were vendors that did me right, and there were vendors that did me wrong. Sure. And now that I'm on the other side of the fence, if you will, I try to treat people like I wanted yeah. to be treated when I was buying dogs. But as far as there is this, I'm not sure what word to say, but in the industry that all these vendors are out to screw you, and if you're not careful, they'll stick you with a broken dog, and they just want to take your money. Yeah. And that's nothing. I know. Sure, there's people. There are people in this industry that will do that. Yeah. Sure. But anybody that's been here any longevity, anybody that has any kind of success, um, in order to be successful, they have to make agencies successful. They have sure. to make handlers successful. Sure. Uh, Otherwise, it's a symbiotic relationship. We have to work together. You can't run your program without dogs, and I can't run a business without programs. So, um, and it goes both ways. Um, you know, I've heard plenty of horror stories of people having dogs with vendors, but I've also got plenty of stories about agencies and departments trying to pull stuff back yeah. on me. Yeah. Um, real quick story. Just recently, I had an agency take a dog, and they had him for 30 days, and they called me up, and they said, we have to send him back. He's got a problem with his mouth. And I said, well, what's wrong with his mouth? Oh, he's got a salivary gland impacted and a cracked tooth. I've never heard of an impacted salivary gland. And they said, well, what we'd like to do is we'll just have their surgery taken care of, and then we'll just deduct the cost of that off the price of the dog because they haven't paid for the dog yet. Yeah. So I said, no, I want him back. I bring him back. I take him to a specialist, and they go, no, there was they damaged the salivary gland. It's not impacted. It doesn't require a suit. There's nothing wrong with the tooth. And this was damage yeah. caused by them but they expect me to pay for what their yeah. damage was yeah. so it, it goes both ways absolutely, it goes yeah, both absolutely. Ways. Yeah. Um, yes it is a business but in order to have a business you have to have clients and you have to have yeah. customers yeah. one can't exist without so, the other so tell tell our listeners how does the dog business work like in, in, in broad terms I know a lot of people understand like going to Europe and buying dogs I think your business model is more about procuring dogs everywhere it's it's not easy no it's not easy it's a lot of hours on the road it's it's a ton of time um, anybody can do it if you're willing to invest the time and effort sure. what we're doing there's plenty of trainers out there that could go find dogs for their agencies that could locate dogs but it's the cost and the expense and the time um, you know, it comes down to time versus money. If you've got yeah. lots of time, you don't probably don't have to spend a lot of money. Yeah. But yeah. if you don't have time, you better have, you better have money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have vehicles across the United States. I have people across the United States and Canada helping to locate dogs. The net is large, um, and even with a, a system like that in place, I still cannot keep up with demand. Sure. Um, the nature of the industry's training, the supply is cannot keep up with demand, sure. um, which in turn means prices go up. It's simple economics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Department. I'll tell you, just if you talk about, could I, like for, I've bought several floppier dogs from you. Could I, with my knowledge, go out and probably dig around and find maybe the same kind of dogs I bought from you? I probably could. 
but it goes back to like you say that not just the economics of time but the other part of it is is that if i buy a dog from mr smith and buy him out of his backyard the city owns that dog forever when i buy him from you i'm buying that guarantee as well and that's what that peace of mind to me is worth something. You're, you're buying the guarantee. You're buying after sales support, if you exactly. will. If there's a problem, let's talk about it. Let's exactly. solve this together. But yeah, you could go kick brushes, yeah. bushes, and find nice dogs. Sure, yeah. you can. Exactly. But uh, on the dog vending side, and I don't want to get into numbers. I'm not going anywhere close to that. But the margins are 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 can be kind of tight. So I think uh, it goes back to I, I know with the tight margin that if I go there and you sell me a dog that isn't any good. And even if I myself don't know he's not any good, by the time I get home and I start training with somebody who knows it, then when I send him back to you and we go back and forth, your margins keep getting tighter and tighter. So I, I, I think it goes back to I don't your intention is not to, to send me home with the wrong, wrong dog, but I need to be an educated consumer and know what the heck I want when I get there. Yeah, and, and I think part of it is is I'm you know I stumbled into this business. I'm not a business person. Sure. Um, I, yeah, there's margins, but I'm a, do I follow them on a daily? No, I don't yeah. know. But my, I want to put a product out there that people want and that I'm proud to have out there, sure. that I'm proud to have my name behind. I tell guys a lot of times, you know, as dog handlers, we understand voice tones, and voice tones matter to dogs. And I want people when my dogs show up at a seminar to say, wow, where'd you get that yeah. dog? Not, yeah. ooh, where'd yeah. you get that dog? Yeah, I, Same yeah. words, different tone, different meaning. Sure, sure. So, um, so it's from the front, going back to the, the vending part of it, as um, we've talked about this, the vendors can um, you could make them your adversary, and then it's probably not going to it'll be a one dog purchase. But if you do it right with any vendor that's been around for a long time, I tell everybody you know research your vendors quite a bit before you ever make any phone calls, talk to people and stuff. But if I come to a vendor and I want to buy a dog and we don't know each other yet, what are some things that I can do? At, you know whether. Whether I have an impressive resume or maybe it's the first time I'm buying a dog and whatever vendor I'm going to, what are some things that I can do that would make my chance of being success better just by building that relationship with the vendor when I get there? One is the, you're, we're here to help you. Yeah. We're not here to take your money and run. Sure. I want you to define the dog that's right for you. And so do all, and that's not just me. I think yeah. that's anybody that's had any long, longevity in the yeah. industry. Yeah. I've been here 15 years. Um, and there's people that have been here longer. This yeah. is not to say that brand new startup guys are sure. going to, are crooked. That's not, sure. that's not what I'm trying to say, but yeah, most important thing is know what you want to see a dog do. What's important for you for that dog. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's dogs that people send back to vendors, and vendors don't just put problem dogs back out into the field. But so what you can't train, another trainer can. Yeah, it exactly. might not fit your methodology. It yeah. might not fit your work environment. Just because you had a dog and returned it, and you see the dog out in the field later with somebody else, doesn't mean that someone yeah. else took your problem on. Yeah, it, it just means it wasn't the right dog. And, and, and I'll, I'll put an example out here. Is that we have a dog in our agency that is a 100% retrieved-based dog that I know he, that she came from another agency that wanted to do a, a proper towels and tug of war and stuff. And if you try and play tug of war with her, she won't do anything. If you throw anything for her, she will work for you all day long. So it wasn't the right dog for them. And most people, when they see this dog work, would take her all day long. So, I, you know, I get that part of it. As far as, you know, you show up at the vendor, you need to know what you're doing or uh, as far as know what you want, I should say. And if you don't know how to select this dog, take someone who knows how to select this dog and I don't, I'm not a big proponent of having the vendor demo the dog or show the dog. You know, it should just be, 
the vendor should supply the dogs maybe their their information about the dogs that they have and then some of the testing's got to be on you and, and if you don't know how to do it bring somebody who knows how what they're doing and, and work with the vendor that way would you agree oh for sure um what the, what that vendor trainer whatever you want to do can get out of a dog it's probably not something most handlers or even law yeah. enforcement trainers just because of volume and numbers it doesn't mean he's a gifted trainer he's just seen lots of yeah. dogs and he knows how to handle yeah. so what he can do with the dog might not be what you can do and once you leave it's not on him anymore yeah. it's on you so you need to know what you want to see what's important have some idea how to test um like you said go to seminars go to hits i uh, i've taught dog selection at yeah. hits um Bill Heiser teaches dog selection yeah. that hits. Jeff can teach it. There's plenty of and there's plenty of people out there yeah. qualified. So get some information, get some knowledge, bring an outside agency with you. I've had several people from new new programs that don't know what they're doing. They reach out to a neighboring agency with a successful program and they convince their department, hey, can we pick up his transport, his travel and yeah. hotel so that he can kind of guide me through it and help me through it because this is my support system. Yeah. Um yeah. As an industry, whether it's through departments or what, we need to stop being fractured. I know I've worked in areas where the county guys don't talk to the city guys. The city guys don't talk to oh, the sure. county guys. Yeah. Um, if you buy dogs from this dog vendor, we're not going to talk to you because you yeah. buy from some other vendor. Yeah. I think know. I think luckily we see a little less of that. This this week's a good example. We see agencies, a lot of Northern California. What do we got? I think there's some Idaho, uh, Nevada. There's a lot of different agencies here, and they all, you know, everybody gets along. It's a good networking event. So... You know, I, I think the fracture part goes away a little bit. Go, um, the, as far as on the vendor side of it, too, you know, we're talking about uh, like on a patrol dog side. I know you don't do a lot of patrol dogs, but certainly have the knowledge on that. Go to a, a patrol dog vendor, and he only wants to be the one who catches those dogs. Any red flags there? I, I would think so. There's yeah. a reason why he only wants to catch it, yeah. because maybe that dog is only all he's ever taught him is yeah. upper tricep bites. Yeah. And I don't want you to try to shoot a leg bite, or I don't yeah. want you to do a runaway, yeah. Um, yeah. because it might show a weakness. Sure. He's going to try to flaunt it. Along with that is I would never, I get people all the time asking me to send them video that they're interested in buying a dog, and I, I won't do yeah. it. Video, I'm not video can lie video. pretty easy. Video's can be lied to pretty easy. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. I know there are people that do it and are six have had successes buying dogs by video. Yeah. So it, it it's, can happen. Work well. I just not my yeah. opinion for so, what it's worth. Yeah. So I, obviously, um, I think we're on agreement that wherever you're going to buy your dog, if possible, go there. Know what you're looking for. Know how to find what you're looking for. And if you don't, take somebody who who does. I always tell people long before you pick a vendor. Go all your neighboring agencies, look at their dogs. Somebody's going to have some dogs that several of the dogs are going to have a little bit of a wow factor that you like. Find out where they got their those dogs and maybe start there and research your vendor, research their, their guarantee. Don't just research price, but research their guarantee, research. Find out, talk to some people who have had to send a dog back. Because, again, I my value is, is – uh, with dealing with dog vendors is, you know, we always pay top dollar and then we get top dollar service for it. So if I need to send a dog back, it's a, hey, we paid top dollar. I didn't ask a favor. So uh, I need to send the dog back with, I've, I've sent patrol dogs back. I've sent a dog back to you before. It's always worked out well, as long as you know, you you start out right. And then I, I think the value then after you've developed that relationship, you've been there, then you develop that relationship with the vendor. Now, all of a sudden, if, if, if a situation arose today and I needed a dog, you know what I want. I've been out there several times. And I think once you get that with a patrol dog, not the ideal way to do it. I think if you're buying your first dog or your hundredth dog, going to the vendor is the best, best way. But if, if you're on a pinch and I called you and said, hey, I need a dog, 
and you had a no-brainer dog, you're going to like this one. You know, that's not a terrible way to do it after you've developed that relationship. Uh, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> agreed. And, it's especially, you, you know, you, you need to test for what's important yeah. for you, what for your job is. And to go both ways, I, I, I'm pretty sure there's several under vendors that I'm aware of where I'm as well, is I'm going to also want to know how you train sure what method you use yeah uh, am i in agreement with your training methodology because i've turned people away sure you know i'm just not the yeah. guy for you yeah you should probably go yeah. to the and i'll give you yeah. i'll tell you where to go yeah. if you ask me and say hey i'm looking to buy a dual purpose malinois do you go, well no i don't do that but here's people yeah. i know and here's people yeah. i trust that yeah. i think would take care of you and that's only because of personal dealings with yeah there's they're not not disparaging any yeah, yeah. vendor that's out there no i, I get it so um, to wrap it all up, I think, like I said, to, to, you know, get that, get the knowledge, get research the vendor beforehand. You're in a unique uh, place if you're a cop and you're going to go spend money for the department. Usually, we don't get to do that, you know. So you want to make sure that you, it goes as smooth as possible, so you're not picking a vendor who's out of business in a, a week or two. So then, you know, pick the right dog as best as you can. Have a good guarantee. Um, work with the vendor. Develop that relationship. I, I really can't think of too much else other than uh, I think there's a, uh, one of the myths is, is I work for a small agency, so I'm only going to buy one dog, so the vendor is going to screw me. I, I don't believe that. I think I think if you go to these whatever vendor it is and work with them, you're going to be okay if you treat them decent and kind of show them what you want. And, you know, my, my five grand is the same as, as a gigantic agency's five grand. So. Yeah, I don't know. Very, I don't believe that that's true. That that is a fallacy. That well, they're only going to give you their lesser quality yeah. product because you're only buying one, as opposed to an agency that's buying four a year. No, I want my product to be good, and all the vendors yeah. want their products to be good, no matter where they go, no matter how many they yeah. buy. Yep, I, I agree. I don't think that's true. I I, I, I yeah. know. Um, you know, and the other fallacy that might exist is that all the other vendors are cutthroat and we backstab each other. That's not true. Yeah. Most of us know each other. We talk all the time. You guys um, actually sell dogs to we, each other. Yeah, we you? sell dogs back and forth between each other. There's, there's, and a that's, no, let me, there. let me touch on that though. When you sell dogs back and forth to each other, that's because supply and demand and maybe somebody needs some dogs and you have some. This isn't to take the bad dog and start hiding them around because I, I, we, and I've never talked about this, but. I don't think there's any vendor worth their salt if they called you and said, hey, I got this bad dog. I need to trade him so you can resell him and hide this dog. I don't hear of that going. I mean, did has it happened? I'm sure probably. but It's it's, it's not happened to me from another vendor, yeah. but it has happened to me where an agency has called me and said they have a problem dog they've got. The vendor has disappeared. And would I be willing to take theirs in trade and give them one of mine? Yeah. I have had that happen sure. several times. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. So, well, thanks. I, I know uh, uh, we'll see you in Phoenix uh, at 2020 Hits is in Phoenix. I know you're one of the vendors, and here's a great example of what the, one of the values of Hits is, is that you can go around and talk to every vendor, and that's a great starting point just to find out. I mean, if you walk up to a table and talk to the vendor a little bit, see what their philosophy is, see where they're getting their dogs, and if you don't hit it off with them there, then maybe move on because there's a lot of vendors that hits. Be able to talk to lots and lots of different dog vendors. Start start there, see what you want. If you have a great vendor that you're always using, it's still a great idea to have a backup and talk to some other vendors and stuff. So uh, hopefully we'll see everybody there in uh, Phoenix in uh, August 2020 at HITS. So again, Ken will be there, and thanks for taking the time, Ken. I appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate you having me. Okay, take care. If you're looking to make an investment in your canine career, come to HITS 2020. There's no substitute for the real thing. 
Whether you're a new handler who's looking to learn more about dog training or an experienced trainer who's looking for new training ideas and techniques, come to HITS 2020 where the investment is well worth the return. HITS 2020 will have more classes and more vendors who give away more free raffle gifts and free cash than ever before. HITS is the world's largest canine seminar and is open to police officers and military members. Our experience makes the difference. You've been there and we've been there too.